0: Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're gonna be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Hi, I am so excited to speak to you because I was introduced to you via Mark Rose through his channel. And I just became such a fan. I know you guys did this a codependency workshop together, right? Mm-hmm. So I have, so, have a course. Yeah, you have a course. So I have so many questions and um I'm gonna pretend that I'm asking for a friend, but Lord <laughs> knows I'm not <laughs> because I was reading your book and so so many things while well, I was listening to your book and by the way your voice is fantastic.
1: Oh, thanks. Yours too, Thanks, by the way.
0: <laughs> I was listening and I would be walking or hiking or even at the grocery store and I would pull out my cell phone to make notes to ask you because there were so many things that rang true to me that I was surprised about because I thought that I had good boundaries and I now realize I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a lot of people who follow you yes. or read your book. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. That word codependency, I hate it. I would rather recall the other C word. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, as you said in the book, a high-functioning codependent. Yeah. And I've you been do. that way all my life. Okay. So <laughs> first I want to start with – first. well, first I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Um, sure. I think – listeners are going to really get a lot of great nuggets from this, but I want to start off with your book is called Boundary Boss. And Mm -hmm. I would love to know that. How do you know the difference between setting a boundary and being a bitch or being selfish? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it's funny. I, I would, I just answered this question. Someone actually out there in the social media world was like, this is what I'm confused about. When you're it depends on what you're setting a boundary about whether what you're doing, A, is even appropriate, like whether you're even on your own side of the street, and then whether what you're doing is reasonable. So if it has to do with you, so let's, the example I gave on social media was, if you're in a relationship with someone, and let's say you like to go to bed early and they like to go to bed late, you can make a request that, hey, how about two nights a week? How about we meet in the middle and go to bed at 10 instead of whatever? So maybe we can fool around or we can talk or whatever. Okay. So maybe you come to a compromise on that. That makes sense, right? That's like what we do. We negotiate in relationships. But let's say on the other nights when you're not going to bed together, when they, they choose to go to bed at two in the morning, but if they're coming into the room and flipping on all the lights in the bedroom and waking you up at two in the morning, see, so you have a right to say, hey, I'd like to make a simple request that if you're going to come to bed really late, many hours after me, that you really work to be quiet, don't put on the lights, get a little headlamp for yourself, I don't know, something. Does, does that make sense about yes. where you have a right not to tell them they have to come to bed at 10 because you like to. But you have a right if they are encroaching on your ability to sleep. Now that is now your side of the street right, to make the request that they be more considerate when they're coming to bed. But what about in a case
0: at work and especially as women? We are easily labeled being difficult being the b word being whatever because we set a boundary so how do you and by you I mean me how do I <laughs> how do I ride that line of setting a boundary and then staying in my worth instead of cowering down because I'm being labeled whatever fill in the blank
1: well here's the thing we we have to get really clear about boundaries are about us they're really not about other people so you won't have control over how someone spins your boundary request the only thing that matters is that you know yourself and so i like to i like to change the frame about our boundaries so so first of all before we get into this work thing cuz i will dissect that let's break down what does it mean to have healthy boundaries it means that You know your preferences, your desires, your limits, and your deal breakers. And you have the ability to communicate those things whenever you want. Okay. So, in the work scenario, let's go back to that, because I think that people get confused why I wanted to give you my definition of boundaries and the way that I teach it after being in the trenches for 25 years Is that I think that it can be very overwhelming and the myths about what it means to be a boundary boss are vast. It means you have to be mean. It means you have to be bitchy. It means you have to be saying no and punching people in the face verbally and rejecting people all over town. This is the fear. I'm afraid that my, uh, you know, my people in my life are not going to handle it, right? Right. Boundaries push people away. Real love needs no boundaries. Boundaries are selfish. Boundaries require me to be me. Boundaries require too much time, which is the biggest joke because being a boundary disaster can take the rest of your life. <laughs> like the fires that we light inadvertently by not having good boundaries, by not being honest. Right. Um, you know, boundaries setting, you know, me, requires me to say no all the time. People will like you less if you set boundaries. So that's a bunch of myths that I've heard over the many years. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, but I think that they probably ring true. They ring true for me. Yeah, that's the fear. But now let's flip that on its head and let's think about saying yes when you really want to say no, because you want to be perceived as being nice or you fear being perceived as being selfish. Right. Right. Is that being authentically nice? No, it's not. It's being dishonest. And what it's really doing, it's giving corrupted information about who you are and what you like and what you want and your preferences to the people in your life, whether it's people you work with, whether it's people you're romantically involved with, whether it's siblings, family, whoever. So it's the most loving thing that you can do right. is to learn to talk true as the subtitle of the book says, because that's really giving people the privilege
0: of getting to know you. Exactly. Now what happens? Because <laughs> as I listened to your book, I started getting cojones and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I made some changes in the way that I dealt with a few people in my life. And I got pushback of, of, mm-hmm. What is this? This is new. I don't, you know, I don't appreciate this. And, and I know there's that meme or, you know, going around the internet as the people that don't like your boundaries are the people who benefited from you never having any.
1: Right. And you got to tell you, P.S., I'm not like down with that meme. You're not? You know why? Because when we change established dances in our relationships, the other people are going to notice Not because they want to take advantage of you necessarily, because they're afraid that if you change, maybe you won't love them anymore. Right. As humans, we're all wired to want familiarity and um, stability and security. Right? So when you start changing, so of course they're going to notice. Here's the thing. You need to be prepared. Right. And didn't you read in the book? I mean, didn't you hear me say, don't make any changes till you're done with this book? Yeah, yeah. I know. I (laughs) listen.
0: (laughs) I heard it, but I I I was really like fired up.
1: (laughs) You're like, I'm excited. No, I, I understand. But this is what happens. The more you can anticipate that the people in your life are going to have a feeling about you changing the dance between you, the less um, devastating or fear-inducing it will be for you. You are not that fragile, my dear, right. and neither are your relationships. And so if you, so let's talk about how we can respond. If we start to change the dance and you make a simple request and the person's like, well, why are you asking for that now? You always did it before, but didn't ask for that. You can say, I understand that and things have changed and I'm requesting this now, right? If they say, well, I don't like this. I don't, this is new. I don't like this. You can say, Hey, I'm still the same person. I see that this is upsetting and it is still my boundary request. It doesn't change that. I love you. It doesn't change that. Like you can stay lovingly connected and have amazing boundaries in all of your relationships. It's the hardest in the beginning. When you start trying to shift an established dance because we're all habituated in our relationships, I do this, you do that, then we do this. like this is how it is, right. So know that they're gonna notice, and if you don't if you're not so so um reactionary to them having a feeling other than happiness and approval for you, you'll be okay. You can say, "I see this is upsetting, but understand it doesn't change how I feel about you. I'm just getting more dialed into what my preferences are. And I'm sharing them with you because I want you to know me. Got it. Yes. Well, I'm
0: Cuban and I'm from New Jersey. So (laughs) I I knew I liked you. I'm normally not that calm, but I will try. (laughs) Now you also spoke of one thing. Another thing that was like, whoa, was making excuses for other people's behavior. (laughs) Mm. I used to not do this, but as I'm getting older, I I feel like I'm being more empathetic towards somebody. When somebody's acting a little crazy or rude or mean, I stop and try to put myself in their shoes. And I'm like, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe, you know, I understand that X, Y, and Z is why they're acting like this. I think it's me actually being mature and wise and empathetic, but you're saying that it's a boundary issue.
1: Well, here's the thing. It's not for you to make an excuse for someone else's bad behavior, right? That, what is that really doing? The secondary gain in that action for you is not having to have a difficult conversation. Right. Right. So my feeling is it depends on the violation, right? It depends on what it is. Listen, if if my husband is having a really rough day and he's a little short with me and I know he's having a rough day, I'm not going to call him out I'm being short I'm gonna say hey babe what can I do to best support you right now Joana, go out to eat tonight like I'm oh I can be aware empathic um, attuned to what's happening for him because he's you know the primary person in my life without ha- excusing crappy behavior all the time right so if it's a bad day that's one thing if he's short with me three days in a row all the time three instances in a row, I'm like, no, you can talk it out. You cannot act it out. Mm -hmm. So, um, please tell me what's on your mind. You seem upset. I'm here. Tell me how I can best support you, but please don't take it out on me. Right. Okay. So we're making a distinction between if someone has a bad temper And you find yourself making excuses for their outbursts. I'm not talking about an isolated incident. I'm not talking about once a month, once every two months, my husband cuts me slack. I cut him slack. Like that's being in a relationship. That's being loving, right? So I, to your point, there are moments if it's just being short for me. Now, this is just my marriage, my relationship, like if my husband were to raise his voice and scream at me for any reason about anything, I think I'd probably call 911 because we don't interact that way. Right. And from a different culture. As so you're saying, you're, you're Cuban, so you're from a more vocal culture.
0: Oh, my gosh. My friends are on – they always ask why we're screaming at each other. It's like, no, that's just, that's just how we talk. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, that's, you're like, everything's
1: fine. That's, that's, that's really nothing. Yeah, Monday wrong. morning. <laughs> but, can, but can you see the distinction between – perpetually making excuses for the bad behavior of others or using the, the excuse that I'm, af- I'm afraid they're going to think I'm being a bitch, right. right? Yes. Every time we say, I don't want them to think, I don't want them to feel, mm-hmm. that is a cue for us to move our hiney back to our own side of the street. Mm-hmm. Because what the other person thinks and feels From our boundary request, from us sharing our preference or our limit or our desire or a deal breaker, that is not our side of the street. So we have a fear of being misunderstood, but here's the deal. It's our job to know ourselves. And then where it's appropriate, we share those things with others in our life. And if they go, oh, so what you're saying now is I'm a big idiot. No, that's not what I was saying. I'll repeat what I said. I'm talking about myself and I'm sharing something with you that's important to me Mm -hmm. because I want you to know me because I love you. So, you know, someone may have a a negative reaction to the boundary. Let's say you've been doing someone else's work at work. I mean, I get emails all the time, of course, and people and someone wrote in saying, you know, I'm getting better boundaries. I'm almost done with your book. Um, I've been in a group. And I've been the overfunctioner in the group. And people have gotten really comfortable laying their excess work on me because in the past, I've always agreed to do it. I don't want to do that anymore. And I said no to someone, and they accused me of being selfish. Yeah. Right? And I was like, okay. Well, here's the thing. What they're doing is a, a change-back move. That's what Dr. Harriet Lerner calls it. Where they're trying to get you to fall in line. I want you to do the thing you were doing. This might be an example where that meme online. Mm-hmm. That when, that's would, when it's would, right. This right. meme. Then you're fine. That, that would Got be it. appropriate. <laughs> so that's a change back move. So you have to be strong enough in your desire, is what I told the person, to not overfunction, to understand that your value is not based on you killing yourself doing the work of other people that's not required you're doing a good job of the work that they're paying you to do that's what you should do and the person said i think you're being selfish and i said i think that you can go back and say hey you know brenda i was thinking about our interaction the other day about that work you asked me to do and i wanted to let you know that i don't i'm not being selfish i'm just being more clear about my own boundaries and protecting my own time more, because it actually isn't in my job function, to do your work. Although I have been willing to do it in the past, I'm no longer willing to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Brenda's still going
1: to be pissed, but... Yeah, and Brenda can go F herself. Like, here's the thing. You, your life cannot be based on the approval of others. Oh, uh,
0: amen. Amen. And I cannot believe, I'm embarrassed to admit... That I am 40. Oh my God, am I 43? <laughs> I forgot all the way, right? <laughs> or am I 44? Oh, who cares? But <laughs> I'm in my early 40s and I'm just starting to realize that. And I have been so, and I'm in the business of being liked, right? I'm a television personality at work. Mm-hmm. And, so, I'm, you know, I've picked a professional profession where being liked equals success, but I've now realized I, I cannot, I can no longer live my life based Mm -hmm. on being approved by everyone else. Because at the end of the day, the only person that loses is me. And actually everybody loses because they don't even get to see the real me.
1: That's. I was just going to say that, Sabrina, that they don't get to see the real you. And here's the thing, you're amazing. Like your unique self, who you actually are, your preferences Your desires, your limits and your deal breakers are so unique to you and so beautiful that when we worry about what what Brenda in accounting thinks of us more than we are committed to talking true to honoring our true unique selves, you're right. It's not just that Brenda has to do her own friggin' work. It's that the world is being denied your light your uniqueness, your beauty, and you have nothing to be embarrassed about because you were in such good company. Sabrina, I wrote a whole friggin' book on this because the women in my practice were all in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s being like, oh my God, why didn't anyone teach me this?
0: Right, right. Yes. I wish you know? they taught this to us in school instead of the useless other information
1: I got. Goodness Seriously, word. calculus? No. Who cares? I've never used I have a wants. calculator
0: now. I don't need it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. do, do you notice too, at least in my life I have, that there are certain people that trigger that need to have them accept me? Like, And it could be just random people, not necessarily like family members, but I've noticed that throughout my life there are people that trigger that that need. And what is that? Is it because they remind me of somebody from my childhood?
1: That is isn't actually a very astute, um, more, more than guess that that is good instincts. Every, we all have our, you know, part of what i walk you through in the book is really figuring out our own downloaded boundary blueprint, because we all have a paradigm or a schema, right in our unconscious mind about the right way to interact in the world. So let's say you had a maternal impactor, as I call them, who was a people pleaser, who everyone loved, who would do anything for anyone, right? Would give anyone the shirt off their back. You learned this is what it means to be a good woman. Right. That you, you must, when family asks, you must say yes. You know, and, and people say this like it's a good thing. They're like, oh, my God, she is amazing. She would give the shirt off her back to anyone. And I want to be like, Betty, keep your shirt on. Like, what? Be discerning. Why are you giving the shirt off your back to anyone? Because not every, it's not appropriate. That is at the expense of ourselves. So we were, most of us, raised and praised for being self abandoning codependents. One amen,
0: 1000% all day long. (laughs) I'm telling you twice on a Sunday, because not just that, but you also said that being a perfectionist. For mm-hmm. me, it. You're right. You were saying that it's like a badge of honor, and it has been all of my life. Every, you yep. walk in my house, you could eat off the floor. Everything's in mm-hmm. its place. And then when people would come over, they'd be like, "My goodness, how do you have such a beautiful house when you have a toddler?" And I would like, you know, and and polish my nails. But really, I'm exhausted, and it's a bunch of
1: BS. Yep. But it, but it's a way to bind anxiety, though, Sabrina. So think about it. It's like I'm going to. I was a perfectionist myself. I'm recovering, but but sort of in a different way. It's like being above reproach, right? Being the over-deliverer, the over-functioner, the over-giver, the, the person with the perfect home, with the, the perfectly groomed kids, the kids on track eventually to go to the I-V. Like all those things. We're looking outside of ourselves, to sort of bind our own anxiety and part of what i'm inviting and challenging you, you to do in boundary boss is to really take a look in because th- there's a major difference between um, perfectionism which is just a friggin' prison and striving for excellence it's a prison yeah
0: i'm getting emotional now i have like tears kind of going in my in my eyes because It is such a prison. And now that I am also recovering, I'm not healed or whatever you want to call it yet, Mm -hmm. but I see other people in my life that are still stuck in that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel sad that you, because I've been there and I know how exhaust, it's exhausting and -hmm. it's impossible. There's no such thing as perfectionism. So you're constantly striving and to be something you can't. And then when you can't, I used to beat myself up because I wasn't good enough. I wasn't, you know, whatever enough.
1: Right. Think about how much joy is sucked out of life if ninety-eight percent of the stuff went perfect, but yeah. you can't stop thinking about the two percent that didn't.
0: Yeah, one thousand know? percent. It's such. It's it's just exhausting. And I and I still keep, I like catch myself doing it. If somebody is coming over, I'll like vacuum seventy-five times, and I'll have to stop <laughs> myself because it doesn't matter, and nobody, nobody's paying attention to that. And I it's like these stories I have in my head. And also what would happen to me is when Olivia's dad and I broke up three years ago, mm-hmm. I went through this really I've spoken about it on my podcast before, but I went through this stage of the house was so meticulous, Terry, that I would take like a toothbrush to the baseboards to make sure there was no mm-hmm. dust. And I realized that same thing happened when my parents broke up when I was 14. I took at 14 years old, all the screens off the house and started like scrubbing them in the backyard. And so when I was on my hands and knees three years ago, tooth- toothbrush to the baseboards, I stopped and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just me, A, trying to be perfectionist because everything else everything else in my life is falling apart. And I'm trying to control one thing. And this is so unhealthy.
1: Right. But it really, listen, your mind is so adaptive. So it's like you had this experience of when there's chaos, when I can't control things, I'm going to control the small things I can control. So it is adaptive. Like it it, it, to me, from a psychological point of view, it makes sense. And you had the wherewithal to say, "Okay, I see a connection between other times in my life when I've done this and it's not good for me it isn't healthy it's not what i need to be pouring myself into right i need to be pouring myself into healing right what i experienced and allowing myself to feel the feelings of it being messy because life is messy and love is messy and raising kids is messy. And everything that we do as human beings is super messy, which is why being a perfectionist is so painful because we're constantly trying to, it's like you're, you're swimming, you know, upstream endlessly trying to make things neat in a world where it's beautifully chaotically messy just to be alive.
0: Right. And even more so now with social media, uh, and I know you were talking about boundaries with social media the the other day on um, on social media, but we see all of these people living perfect lives, and I'm mm-hmm. guilty of it too. It's just it's it's fake. It's putting you know it, it's putting so much pressure on us that I don't I don't even know how to get off that hamster wheel. So what do you say well, part- about people with when it comes to that social media and? Unfortunately, having to, I don't know, put, you know, look at these things every day, look at the feed and thinking that something that you're doing is wrong or not as beautiful as what you see on these boxes.
1: I mean, part of it is, listen, compare and despair, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. It's like, don't compare your normal life to someone else's curated feed because that's what it is. And get really clear. I tell this to my clients all the time. I want you to write a list of any any um, accounts that you follow that you find yourself feeling like crap. And you're going to stop following them because you know why? Life is too short. It is. If it is not bringing you joy, you don't need it. F- follow people, psychotherapists, leaders, thought leaders who inspire you. And if you love someone's, you know, if you love someone, then, and you don't want to not follow them. Mute them. Then, yes. What would you say? Mute, mute them. Mute mute their accounts so you don't even see them. Exactly. Or question, why are you using someone else's curated feed as a big stick to beat yourself in the face with? Yeah. Right? It's there. No one is you. Right. Not one, like it's a, it's a literal fact that there has never been another human being on planet earth with your exact DNA and there never will be. And so start looking at how can I become the most me, me, the most fully self-expressed, accepting my quirks, my strengths, my weaknesses, looking at, you know, like, like speaking to my strengths. And if there are things I want to change, being kind, to myself about changing them, treating myself like I would my daughter, right? A kid I love to death, um, a, my best friend. The way we talk to ourselves, especially if you suffer from perfectionism, I mean, literally. I mean, I know this is not a new concept, but you would never talk never. to someone you love. Oh, never. As, right? As never. brutally as you <laughs> address yourself, never. Because it's not loving. It's terrible. It's terrible. And understand that you are modeling behavior for your kid. Right. You know, I I
0: had... You know what I mean? Yes. And I had a session with um, a a healer about six months ago, and she said something to me so powerful too of just like the perfectionism. And I was also unfortunately in a toxic relationship that I just, it was like one of those hamster wheels you couldn't get off of. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, not only just speaking the way that I speak to myself, but you're not going to look back at this time when Olivia, that's my daughter's name, is older mm-hmm. and say, Oh, I wish I would have spent more time cleaning obs- obsessively or <laughs> talking to that, you know, person that was no, you know, not good for my life. You're never going to look back and ho- wish that you would have dragged those things out more. And I, mm-hmm. it, it's unfortunately, I had to, it, it took my daughter to like really snap me back into reality, but it's true. Like we waste. So much energy, speaking poorly to ourselves, doing unhealthy behaviors and being, you know, beating ourselves up. And it's, it is such a waste of time when life is so precious.
1: Yeah. You know, if you ever, if you've ever had anything wrong with you, you know, anyone who's had a uh, cancer diagnosis, anything, it's like you get so clear about the ways like that you're not living your best life. And so many cancer survivors that that I've known, you know, if you say like, what do you regret? What do you wish you did differently? So many women in particular say, I wish I'd been nicer to myself. I wish I realized how amazing I was, how beautiful I was. Like I was always picking myself apart and I'm not sure why, but I really wish that I had learned this lesson that cancer brought me earlier in my life, you know, and we don't have to have something like that happen to you. You can learn from other people's experiences. You can learn from Sabrina's podcast right now that you can, you can power pivot right in this moment to say, I'm going to get committed to falling madly and deeply in love with myself.
0: Yes. 1000%. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. It's a process. Yes, it is. It's a practice. Yes and some it's a days, discipline. Yeah. It's a discipline. Some days I look yeah. at myself the other day. I was like, I am so proud of you girl. Like, yes. And you're amazing. And then, you know, uh, two weeks before that, I'm like, really loser. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, well, so, you know, baby steps, baby steps, exactly. but I'm getting much better. I am getting much better. And I'm starting, I have been starting my day every morning, writing a gratitude list. And that's helped me to start the morning in such a positive mindset.
1: I love it. You know what I think could be helpful, Sabrina? Because, again, people are confused, as you said, about what their rights are. Do you want to quickly go over the Boundary Boss Bill of Rights?
0: Please.
1: Okay. And whatever one you want to stop on, if you want to say more about, you can. I'll just read them off, and then we can discuss or not. Um, you have the right to say no or yes to others without feeling guilty. You have the right to make mistakes, to course correct, Or to just change your mind. Like we grow, we change. Mm -hmm. What worked 10 years ago, maybe it's not. What worked two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not. So much of the time when you're a perfectionist, I just would never give myself permission. I'd be like, you said you're going to do it. If you're bleeding from your frigging artery, you're still going to, you know, like maybe I don't want to do that anymore and that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Um, You have the right to negotiate for your preferences, desires, and needs. You have the right to express and honor all of your feelings if you so choose, which I've really just emphasized that because you also don't need to share all of your um, feelings, especially if you know someone is an emotionally unsafe person. Mm-hmm then I would suggest you don't share all your feelings with them because they're going to throw them back in your face.
0: Keep it to yourself, if, especially if you're de- dealing with a narcissist. Yes. It's projection and they will use, it's like a bank account. They will put all of that in and they will use it against mm-hmm. you. So yes, you have to yep. sp- uh, protect yourself. Yep.
1: Be discerning. Um, you have a right to voice your opinion, even if others disagree. You have the right to be treated with respect, consideration, and care. And that starts with you, right? It, this is that that particular one of the Boundary Boss Bill of Rights. It's really important for people who are listening to understand that if you treat yourself disrespectfully, oh. if you put yourself last on your own list, if your self-care sucks, and I'm not really talking about soul cycle and juice, you know, like I'm talking about actual self-care then you will inevitably attract others into your life who agree with your low self-assessment. Ah!
0: I I wish you could see me right now. I have one hand up in the air, like (laughs) I'm in church. Because because I just, oh, I have chills. I just got that in my life in the last few years, and I'll tell you what it is. I would tell myself I was going to start uh, whatever, uh, uh, eating healthy or a new workout or stop doing an unhealthy behavior. And I would tell mm-hmm. myself, and then I would go again, I would do something to sabotage that. Whatever I promised myself I was going to do, I would sabotage it. And then, of course, the self-hate talk started. And I started realizing if I don't even trust myself to keep my word to myself, how do I expect other people to treat me better than I'm not even treating my me when it's just me. Yep. And that's when I realize it's, it, but it goes back. It's okay to make mistakes it's, or, or it's okay to, you know, practice a new reg, like workout or whatever, not and fall off the wagon. If you will, if you said you'll start Monday and then Tuesday, you just didn't make it to the gym, whatever mm-hmm. you have to be kind to yourself, but you also have to be honest with yourself. And if you are, telling yourself that you want to change a behavior or start a new healthy behavior. You have to, you know, be, be true to your own word when you're by yourself. Otherwise you're right. Yep.
1: Yeah. That, that, those are what you're describing though, Sabrina, those are internal boundaries. And whenever you find yourself like many times falling down on yourself, like self-sabotaging you, if you can reveal the secondary gain for doing that, you can really get out of your own way. It's a way to get unstuck. In the book, I call it how to get unstuck, basically. But I'm going to give you a quick one one-line thing that listeners can ask themselves. If you find yourself as as Sabrina just described, like repeatedly getting in your own way or or not keeping your word to yourself or continuing to do unhealthy behaviors. You say I'm going to not drink during the week and then you make it to Monday and then Tuesday you're back to three big glasses of wine a night, right? You're going to ask yourself this question, what do I get to not face, not feel, or not experience by staying stuck in this, whether it's a pattern, whether it's a relationship? And when I asked one of my clients this, and the drinking example was her, she would say she didn't want to drink during the week, and then she would come in, she'd be ashamed like I only made it to Tuesday, and then Tuesday night I drank, blah, blah, blah. And I finally said to her, well, listen, there's a reason you're doing this, right? Like nothing's quote unquote wrong with you. We just have to locate the reason and then you'll be able to change the behavior. We have to understand you're gaining something. Mm -hmm. It's just not obvious. That's why we call it secondary gain. So when I said to her, all right, so what do you get to not face, not feel, not experience by basically getting pretty pretty buzzed most nights of the week? And she said, just came out of her mouth. I get to not face the state of my marriage. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, well maybe we should be talking about the state of your marriage instead of your drinking. Because I knew once we figured out what, when we really talked about the real thing, either it would, it would, we would find our way to the fact that either she was a situational drunk, basically a drinker because she was just numbing. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that was what my gut said. And that's what happened. She ended up dealing with her relationship getting a divorce and she did not have a drinking problem Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. absolutely okay let me finish there's only four more to go okay so you have the right to determine who has the privilege of being in your life say that one more time you have the right to determine who has the privilege of being in your life Because many of us were taught that all family needs to be there. Mm -hmm. Most of us, if you're a people pleaser, if someone really likes you, you find a way to be like, okay, well, then I should maybe invite them. Never really thinking Are they adding value? Do they energize me? Do they exhaust me?
0: Oh, but wait, wait, Terry, you you said something in the book. Now you've reminded me about the cousin that you didn't want to invite to the birthday party. (laughs) 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 So, and then I was like, no, wait, I have to ask her about that because you, if you don't want to invite your cousin of, I don't, just for people listening, there's no cousin in my life that I don't want to invite. But if there is somebody in your life that you don't want to invite that you know is going to suck the life out of you, and you said it's okay to just not invite them, what about the aftermath of what happens if it's a family member of everyone's going to be like, you didn't invite so-and-so, how dare you? Isn't it worth just not having to deal with all of that BS to just invite the damn person?
1: Nope. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because what I was talking about was something specific, and that was actually a client situation where she had like a third cousin who had basically not a lot of friends and just glommed onto my client and was like, okay, can't wait for your bachelorette. And I was like, you're not inviting this person. Was like, what? She did, was not close with the cousin. The cousin felt entitled to be in the VIP section of my client's life, doing no work, wasn't a good friend, didn't like, they weren't close but she felt entitled because she was quote unquote family. And so my thought is this, if you're to be healthy, you have to realize that the VIP section of your life is just like a club, but you're the only bouncer. You're the one making the guest list and you're putting up the velvet rope. And if you're not doing those things, then you will spend your life in obligatory relationships. So I'm not saying if, if you like your cousin, fine. But if you know your cousin has a drinking problem, is going to come to Vegas and be barfing her brains out, like in the closet of your suite, you should do that to keep the peace? No. Right. You you shouldn't, you know? And and if the person says, I can't believe you didn't invite me, you can say, hey, I kept it small. I really just wanted it to be my close friends. Your cousin says, so I'm not your close friend. Mm -hmm. I love you, your family. But these the people who came were my chosen close friends. Like you, why should I go, we go along with the cousin's reality when the cousin's reality is not your truth. It benefits them. It doesn't benefit you. And we can also do this lovingly. You know, you can say, Hey, you know, Betty, I wanted to let you know, I'm keeping the guest list for Vegas small. So I know you might be you know, questioning, but I'm only having five of my friends and that's what I want to keep it to. So, you know what? Some, you know, becoming a boundary boss, even if you do it with ease, grace, and love all the time, your cousin's going to be mad that right. you're telling the truth about the fact that she's really not a the IP to you. Right. But if that is the truth, then let it be, let the chips fall where they may. And listen, I wouldn't start with that as like, if someone's like, I'm going to start to put some boundaries in place. Like we're not going to start with one that's going to be almost impossible to do. Do you know what I mean? Right, start small. (laughs) Let's just tell our, let's just send back the lunch that wasn't what we ordered. How about that? Right, okay. How about we just stop eating food we didn't order and don't want? Got it. Or we let our hair, you know, colorists know that we would like them to put a rinse on because it's too light or whatever. Those are things when we're paying for services, we really can't have the disease to please be running the show because you end up frustrated. Because here's the thing, Sabrina, this is a cumulative effect in your life. The more you abandon your truth to keep the peace, to make others happy, the less genuinely happy you will be in your life. Yes. It matters. You know, your happiness matters.
0: It does. You know,
1: like we have to prioritize that. <sighs> I could, I could just,
0: I hope you don't have plans for the rest of the day. I'm just going to talk to you for 17 hours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're
1: like, we're just never getting off. <laughs> right, look, Wait, look, I know look, you're look, done. We you have two more, right? I have four more. Four more. Okay, go ahead. Oh no, three more. You're right. You have the right to communicate your boundaries, limits, and deal breakers. You have the right to prioritize your self-care without feeling selfish. mm, mm. Which I think a lot of us feel selfish if we take care of ourselves. It's
0: hard as a mom, I'm telling you. And I'm a single mom, so Olivia the other day because I've been working a lot. She, you know, she's only five years old. But she was like, "Why do you like working more than you like hanging out with me?" And it broke my heart <laughs> to hear her say that. But then, anytime I'm not working, it's like I I'm on mom mode, and I realize that I have to. It's hard for me to be able to also prioritize myself in all of this Mm -hmm. because I just, there's just not enough hours in the day.
1: Well, mom guilt is so real. It's so real. And yet you're such a better mom. I promise you when you're feeling fulfilled in your work, when you're making money to support your family, when you're not, your whole identity is not being Olivia's mom because that is not your whole identity. You know? Yep. Because the the, the mothers, and we know this, how many people do you know whose mother is a martyr? I sacrificed all of this for you. Mm -hmm. My whole life is for you. They still want to center themselves in their adult children's lives because they gave it all up for them. Well, who asked you to? And please don't. Right. Be healthy. Live a life. Be satisfied. Yes, be a devoted mom, of course. But that's not the same as having your children be the only thing that matters in your life. Because when you become an adult and you've got a mom who's like, and my daughters are my best friends. I'm like, trust me, that is an albatross on their neck. They don't want that. Yes. They don't. They don't. They want to have a loving, healthy relationship with their mother, who will always be their mother. Will there ever be a time when you want your mother to talk to you about sex? My answer is no, please don't. Oh, please don't. (laughs) Just never. Just, I know. I do not want to know. <laughs> That's the difference, right? There can't be that mutuality in a friendship. Right. When it's a mother-daughter or mother-son, it just can't. Right. Okay, anyway, last the one. La- the last one, which is just basically the subtitle of the book, which is that you have the right to talk true, be seen, and live free.
0: Ugh. I'm telling you anybody who's listening to this, I thought that I was just reading it because I loved Terry and it was like, oh, I need to read the book because she's gonna be on and I and I'm it was me and I didn't even know it was me. And it helped me and it continue it continues to help me not only in my personal life, but my professional life and being a mom and being a friend and sister and daughter and so on and so forth. Like it is such a great book! I am a huge fan of yours, Terry. Like I thank you so much for this, the time that you gave to redesigning life. I'm I'm sure everybody here has really learned a million things. And please follow Terry in the notes of this podcast. I'll have her Instagram and her website and all of the how you can connect with her. How are you and with I DMs? Are you good at um, getting
1: back to people? Um, I'm pretty as good much as you can. Yep. Yeah. As much, because there's a lot. But what I was going to say, though, Sabrina, is that I have a special gift for your audience. Ooh. I know you, and I know the stuff from from your show and what you struggle with, and I think that we all struggle with this. So I'm going to give you—it's a beautiful little video and a whole downloadable guide where you're going to answer questions about boundaries and codependency.
0: Where can people find that?
1: Boundaryboss.me forward slash Sabrina. Ah, Boundaryboss.me forward slash Sabrina. And if you want to get the book, go to Boundarybossbook.com because, and if you bought the book, but you haven't claimed your bonuses, you know, you're supposed to like not continue to give people bonuses, but I don't care because I love bonuses. So I created some beautiful bonuses that go along with the book, Boundarybossbook.com. Get your bonuses. I made a meditation for you. Just all the things to support you exactly where you are on your boundary journey because don't feel like it's too late or like you should have already known this because nobody taught you but i'm here and totally like here for all of it and super into making sure that you guys all become masterful at the art of boundaries because it will up level every part of your life we're all in this together we are thank you terry